This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Welcome to the Equip and Engage podcast. I'm Chris Sharp, and we are joined today by none other than my dad, John Sharp, the CRO from the Museum of the Bible. Welcome, Dad. Hey, Chris. Good to be with you. This is fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. This is awesome. Uh, you know, so so, Dad, this is this is fun for me, not only because I, I authentically love the Museum of the Bible and what you guys are trying to accomplish there and what you're doing and have already accomplished, but it's fun to do this with you. Uh, you know, you you taught me how to play basketball, and now we we can walk through a, a podcast together. You mean you mean we can walk through because I have to walk in basketball now while you stuff me? I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we play on nine foot hoops for my kids. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, that's awesome. Well, welcome. Tell us just a little bit high level. What is the Museum of the Bible, um, the background on it, and then your role? Yeah. Well, Museum of the Bible, we're, we're a 430,000 square foot museum in Washington, D.C., wow. which is huge. It's somebody said, I think it's three to four uh, Home Depots stacked on top of each other. Uh, that would be the size factor. But we are, uh, we can see the Capitol building from our site in, in DC. Uh, we're right off the mall. We're close to the Smithsonian. We're close to all the other museums in Washington, DC. Um, but it's a state-of-the-art museum, uh, the most technological museum in, in DC. And uh, we have biblical artifacts, history, narrative, uh, of the the life and the story of the Bible, and it's all there in D.C. And it's it's been pretty significant that that we are in D.C. at this time in our history and culture and what's going on. To put the Bible right smack in the middle of everything is pretty cool. So yeah, it's incredible, and I've 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 loved being there and want to hear a little bit more about some of the things you love about the building itself and what you're accomplishing there. Um, but also tell us a little bit, uh, just uh, before we get into that on the backstory, how did the Museum of the Bible uh, come to life? Well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a great story in a sense that Steve Green, president of Hobby Lobby, um, during the uh, downturn in the early 2000s, people started coming to him and saying, we have these artifacts we need to sell. Of course, people were needing to sell things uh, to make money. And uh, Steve, who who uh, and his family had the money to buy at that time, so they were they started purchasing artifacts, old Bibles from around the world, and pretty soon they had this huge uh, assortment collection of artifacts and Bibles. And so they started taking it around the country, different places. They they took it to, even to Cuba and had a big exhibit in Cuba, which was pretty incredible. They went to the Vatican, had an exhibit. And so in doing that, uh, the thought started coming, should we do a museum at some point? And uh, Steve uh, laughingly now says, God tricked us into doing a museum or having a museum and building one. Um, so then as they searched around the country, they thought, where should we go? What should we do? And uh, they picked Washington, D.C. as a great site because of all the museums, because of our our national focus and attention and, and the power place, the intersection of the world, power of the world there. And as they picked that, they asked Harry Hargrave, a businessman from Dallas, Texas, to go to DC and look for a building. And he looked and looked and spent quite a long time trying to find a place for sale. And there was really nothing for sale 
that met the need that we would have for a museum. So one day he's standing on the Capitol steps and he's, he's actually frustrated and says, Lord, I can't find a place. You're going to have to find it for us. He walked down the mall right from the Capitol building, walked down fourth street and saw this old building, nothing that mentioned that it was for sale. He saw this old building and he looked around and he goes, you know, that would be an interesting site. He walked back, went to his office and he got a call from his attorney in Dallas. And here's what she said. She said, Harry, I just found out there's a building for sale in Washington, D.C. And he said, where is it? And she gave him the address and it was the exact building that is now the Museum of the Bible. It's amazing. And it's beautiful. It's it's a phenomenal space. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a couple blocks from the Capitol building. Yeah. Right. Yes. We can see the Capitol building from uh, from the top of the museum out of the windows of the fifth floor. We can look out and people look all the time, stand there and look out at the Capitol building. It's really beautiful. We're just off the mall. We're uh, two to three blocks from the mall. And so we can walk to that. That's pretty cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, right now, what, what is the main vision? What are you trying to accomplish at the Museum of the Bible? Yeah, our mission is actually a wonderful mission and something I'm very, very excited about. But it's inviting all people to engage with the transformative power of the Bible. Uh, we we believe that the challenge for the world is they haven't really engaged the Bible overall, and we want everyone to engage it. We know that the Bible speaks to the transformation of life, individual lives. It speaks to communities for transformation. It speaks to cultures for transformation. Uh, and we believe that God has given us these scriptures to change lives. So it's transformative power. And so that's our mission and we're about it. And the museum is a phenomenal place to launch that from, but it's not just consigned to the building. It's, it's for the whole world. And so we want to take this message out to the whole world, but we got a great place to do it in DC. Oh yeah. Incredible. We, we are big fans of that as well at Subsplash as we're really trying to figure out how do you make the truth of Jesus incredibly accessible? How do we help uh, churches in particular, nurture people through a discipleship journey. And one of the main things we've we've uncovered from um, other studies done is people interacting with scripture or gospel-based content four times a week is one of the primary avenues for targeting that they are a, a disciple, someone who's trying to live their life according to what they feel God's called them to do. So that that is critical, getting people into scripture. We love that. Uh, may, maybe tell us a little bit about what, what excites you most about either the museum or some of your archaeology that you're doing or some of the um, programs. I know you have big things happening all the time. There's big events going on. It is, I believe, the only museum open right now in Washington, D.C. as well. But what is, excites you most? And tell us a little bit about the museum itself. Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, we we have uh, one floor that has in particular been very exciting. And one exhibit is the Hebrew Bible. Uh, it's a walkthrough exhibit where you can actually kind of go through a simulated Red Sea and see the piling of stones where as the uh, Israelites crossed into the promised land, they stacked up stones and remembrance. So you can go through this exhibit. That's an award-winning exhibit. Um, and uh, people really are excited to see that, understand that. Though the Jewish community has really been excited about how we have been able to portray the Hebrew Bible. We have another section, which is one of the largest Torah uh, selections in the world. 
uh, and we we put them in a beautiful place. For years, we for the first three years, we've had a scribe who was there writing, uh, scribing the Old Testament. Pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, we have another display or exhibit, which is uh, the Bible in America and the shaping of America and how the biblical texts and the framework and the uh, theology from the Bible really shaped who we are as a people in America and that whole American journey. And it goes through, it even deals with uh, slavery and, and the challenges of slavery and the, the uh, pain of slavery but how, how God is a reconciler and, and brings reconciliation and renewal. So uh, we have those kind of exhibits. Then we have the uh, Israeli antiquity floor where we, where we uh, look at, at antiquities from Israel, some of the excavation that's gone on there. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. So we also have a, one really cool thing. We have a flyover Washington uh, ride, which you can go on. It's kind of like Disneyland. And you can fly over Washington and you can see all the inscriptions of scripture throughout Washington that if you walked into the city, you wouldn't see or walked into some of the buildings you wouldn't see. But in a flyover, you fly right in and you see uh, in these various buildings and monuments, scriptures in, inscribed on those monuments. And they're all over Washington, D.C. So those are just some of the things that we have within the museum. Yeah, that's very cool. I remember when I got a visit, I walked in and I thought, wow, I mean, this is this was a very different experience than I maybe was expecting yeah. coming into the Museum of the Bible. But I thought a few things. One, this is the most technologically advanced museum I ever ever have been to. Not only that, but far beyond what I thought it would yeah. be. Um, and then some of the exhibits I, I recall um, appreciating were there was you could walk through like a Nazareth village as well mm -hmm. of Nazareth and Jesus's time. There was a Bible experience um, from uh, more, more the Old Testament where you went, you, it, it was, you mentioned Disneyland. It was, you walked through and you saw videos and you interacted with this experience. Um, those are just uh, uh, very cool things. What led to even creating those and kind of the creativity behind how you want to tell the story of the Bible? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, you know, people typically, when they would think about the Bible, they would think about a, it's just a book. It's a text and so they don't think about the interactive flavor of the Bible and the power of the Bible. So we wanted to show that this is an interactive book, that you need to interact with it and uh, to look at it from every aspect. So the Bible's not dead, it's alive, it's vibrant, it's current for us today. And so we wanted to tell us the history, the narrative, and, and get deeply into that and let people feel it and, and experience it. And so that's been part of the technology piece of it. We actually have curriculum that actually does that too. It's, you can, you can actually take an iPad and look at this curriculum and, and then it takes you into a, an illustration or a story within the text. It's pretty cool. Um, but everything we've done is designed for that. And kids love that. Uh, one, one kid was quoted as saying, the Bible's cool. And uh, that's what you want to hear, right? <laughs> From second graders, third graders, the Bible's cool. So that's that's right. Uh, it is very cool. Yeah. Yes, the Bible is very cool, and I can't wait to take my entire family because I haven't had the opportunity to go. I think my kids, their minds are going to be blown uh, walking through the museum and interacting with some of those experiences, watching uh, videos. Uh, there's also a technology room I recall where people are posting scripture, telling stories, and it's an entire room with screens. Yeah. Uh, 
there's 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 a lot going on there. There is. Yeah, you can uh, you can write a message to people. You can it goes up digitally as you're writing. You can see the the words you're putting up there. <clears throat> we have another display, which is a survey of what do you believe about the Bible? Uh, and people interact with that survey and immediately mm -hmm. puts up their information. We we get the percentages. Here's what people believe about the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> there's an, another area where we listen to music that has come out historically. A lot of it are current American music where scripture is used in music. That's been pretty incredible. So you go into this whole thing and listen to all the music and you hear the scriptural references along. We have another area where we talk about fashion, which how, how the Bible has shaped fashion. So we, we really believe the Bible shaped most of what we understand today in our world. Uh, the Bible's had a huge influence on it. Yeah, that's very cool. I know we, we, we love to talk about, too, the way that the church can use technology to tell the story, to better connect to people from Paul using the Roman roads all the way through the Gutenberg press to Billy Graham and the radio. Yeah. And today there's, you know, work we get to do. And, and what you're doing at the Museum of the Bible is is new expressions of that creativity right. and design. Uh, I know, we know there's a lot going on in our nation and world right now. Yeah. You guys are in, in the epicenter there in D.C. Uh, give us a little bit of, of what, when you look at society, um, what, what's happening in D.C., what's happening in our country? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And uh, one of the things that we're, <clears throat> we're actually observing, I'm observing, is um, it seems like people are becoming clearer in what they believe or don't believe, right? They're, they're expressing it more. And we have found that throughout the United States, at least, and but I believe it's around the world, people who realize the Bible is important are becoming more uh, expressive with that, more interested in that. They want to know what the Bible's about, and they want to, they want to, in a sense, uh, identify with Scripture and say there is, sort of, there is, there is a word that speaks to this world, and it is the Scripture. It's the Bible. And so they're becoming clearer on that's what we believe. And so we're watching that with the Jewish, in the Jewish community. Uh, many of the Jewish people are getting much more biblical in their understanding of life. And they want to identify with the Bible. They want everybody to know that. The Catholic community is very similar. There's a huge movement within the Catholic community around the Bible and walking in the word. And then the same thing with the evangelical community. We're seeing a turn towards the word. And so I, I think in, in culture right now, the lines are not as gray. They seem to be more defined. You either say, we are embracing the Bible is important and speaks to us, or you're saying it's not relevant to us. We don't, you know, we don't really base our life on that. So that's, that's some of the, we're seeing a shift. The gray is leaving. It's getting really clear where we're at today seems like. Right. Absolutely. And and you do have, uh, I mean, millions of people coming through the doors, coming to DC for a variety of events. Um, seems like you're always hosting or have different people around. Um, to, what, what, what does that look like going forward? How, how do these events come about? Uh, how do people learn about or connect with the Museum of the Bible through these events? Yeah. Well, one of the things we found is uh, we, we built a beautiful building that has a huge gathering room. We have a, a world stage theater uh, our grand hall, when people come in, is just spectacular with these uh, gorgeous uh, uh, moving scenes on top, the glass moving scenes. 
uh, we can become the Sistine Chapel within our museum. But people want to come. They want to utilize the building. They want their friends to see the building. So we, we have a steady stream of not just visitors coming in through the front door to see the exhibits, but we have a steady stream of groups of people, dignitaries, or ambassadors from around the world wanting to come to the museum and use it for a variety of purposes to just be there and to identify with it. And one of the things we often hear is, I feel so good here. I feel hospitality here. Uh, and that's music to our ears that people would see the Museum of the Bible as their home. They would feel that feeling like this is my home. This is my center place in Washington, D.C. And that's kind of what we're hearing from people from all walks of life. It's pretty exciting to see that and hear that. Right. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's, it is becoming a hub. And I think you alluded to this, but, um, you know, for the museum, not reaching beyond the walls of maybe what we'll call, you know, Christian evangelicals as well. Right. Yes. Yeah. We uh, we purposely want the museum to be a place where whether you have ever believed in the Bible or even know much about it at all, or whether you you maybe you don't think it's it's worth uh, anything or you are opposed to it, but you want to at least explore what what are they talking about in this Bible? What is this Bible? And and so we want everybody to come. We want uh, those agnostics to come. We want the atheists to come. We want other faiths to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, th looking at all of the things that you've created at the Museum of the Bible, the programs you have going, the innovations, what lessons do you think you, you would, you've learned that might be helpful for pastors and church staff mm. out there to think about innovation and creativity? Mm, that, boy, that's a great question. The, I think uh, people are, <laughs> every, every pastor deals with this, is how do I every Sunday or every week make the message relevant? To my audience? How do we speak to the audience? And I, I think what we're learning is uh, people want to be taken inside scripture. They want to hear what is it really saying to me personally. And so anything we can do to get them deeper into a biblical understanding of life, their personal life, and a worldview of God's, God's view of life, that that's vital. So just to keep creatively thinking about how do we get people interested to go deeper, to go inside. And one of the things I'm talking about right now is literacy, biblical literacy. Um, you know, we need to understand what scripture says. Uh, why is it relevant? I don't want to just carry an artifact under my arm. I want to find out how does that address how I'm living today? How does it address my concerns for today, my frustrations? And so if technology can bring us anything technology can do to open up that door, because technology is very much like what the Gutenberg press was to its time, is the Bible became alive to the world through the Gutenberg press. That's where it happened. And we, we even talk about that in the museum. And so technology is that Gutenberg press today. So how do we utilize technology in a powerful way to get people inside the word of God, inside the Bible. So that's that's what I would just say to pastors today. Look at every angle you can get to get people inside the Bible and the text and the understanding of the text. Yeah, absolutely. We think about it's the same gospel, 
the same stories of hope. It's the same truth. Yeah. How do you tell that story in a society you mentioned? Biblical literacy is, is probably not high in our society today. Right. I think we see things in the news and the media and different places that, that would prove that out from people's comments about scripture or right. Jesus, uh, for that matter, that just seem to be very disconnected from what the scripture actually says. Yeah. So, so for us, that's something we talk a lot about. How are we nurturing the same truth of the gospel, but using the technology of our day to better connect to people yeah. where they're at? and how they want to engage, because it's the same story. But sometimes methods of communication and language does change, and it is absolutely a digital world. I think that's one of the things that has impressed me most with what you are accomplishing at the Museum of the Bible, is it is it doesn't feel like what many people, myself maybe included, might think of in a museum. It is very much an interactive experience, uh, maybe even taking some of the lessons that Disney has done so well of how you draw people in and engage them with your content. Yeah. So I've appreciated that yeah. uh, tremendously personally. Yeah. Uh, when you think about what, what, what are you most passionate about right now at the museum? Well, I, you know, I'm most passionate about our, our mission. I, I think to engage everyone, get everyone to engage with the transformative power of the Bible. Uh, but we're looking at different, different ways that we do that. So I think culturally looking at um, as we see the, the Catholic community drawing into a scriptural motif and, and getting deeper into the Bible. That's really exciting to us watching the, uh, the Jewish community and the Catholic community and the Christian community coming together around the Bible in a powerful and strong way is really exciting. Uh, right now I'm, I'm actually very excited about our relationship with the African American community, um, how the African American community in uh, America, the history has been so difficult, 400 years of difficulty and pain and processing. And to watch those who have taken the Bible and said, I want to uh, African-American leaders who've hung true to the gospel and the, the Bible to watch them come around the Museum of the Bible and, and around us, too, and just say, this is the answer for us. Uh, so we're we're seeing people coming out, I would say, of the woodwork of America uh, in particular, but around the world, uh, coming out and saying, we need the word of God. We need the Bible to speak to us today more than ever before. So I'm excited as I just see that movement and I see the, the hunger, uh, which must have been what people have seen historically in the Old Testament, where people began to hunger for God's word. And that's what that's what I see growing, Chris, that I haven't seen in a long time uh, is sort of this biblical movement towards God's word. So pretty cool, pretty important. Yeah, love it. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. And and if people wanted to learn more, where, where would you direct them to learn more about the museum? Well, you know, he's going to our website. Uh, so it's, you know, mbible.org, uh, mbible.org. Uh, we direct you there to learn more about it. But, you know, we always say, come, come to the museum. There's nothing like it, even in this downturn and this tough time that we're all going through. People keep coming. We're, we're shocked. Uh, we had a weekend ago, we had 70% uh, of, of the year before attendance. And uh, we went like this. Wow. This is remarkable that people are keep coming. We are probably, I think, uh, you know, in, in relationship to other museums, I think we're running very, when they open, we're running really high in attendance compared to other museums. So um, I'd say 
come if you can be safe. We want everybody to be safe, uh, be prudent, but also know that we're there. We want you to come and we want to come to you. We want to you know, meet you, talk to you. If you have an interest in the Bible and what's happening, uh, we want to talk to you for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Dad. This was fun Fun to learn more about the Museum of the Bible, what you're up to and what you're accomplishing and, and what God's doing through through the work there in D.C. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, for those of you listening today, please uh, share this episode, uh, invite others to learn more as we want to explore ways that we can leverage technology to help the church and the kingdom of God. Thanks for tuning in to Equip and Engage, where we're sharing insights learned from thousands of conversations with leaders and pastors around the world. To follow along with these conversations, subscribe today or visit our website.